Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. Amen. Well, thank you for coming. We appreciate you. Uh, Let's get into the Word of God. I prayed and asked God to bless us today and to help us to, to get what we need to get. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, the third chapter. Would you put that verse up, please? Inside, outside. How many of you know that what happens on the outside determines on what you have on the inside? All the motivational speakers and all the great people who talk to us about being successful and achieving great things, they mention how important it is for us to have an inside game. Well, God is our, it is nothing new under the sun, as the book of Ecclesiastes says. Uh, the Bible says that uh, we are to be strong on the inside. And so there's a prayer in the Bible that is from Ephesians, the third chapter. We'll go ahead and we'll read this. I'll read it. And then I want to share a few things with you. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's you and me. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. And here's what I like to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. How many know you got an inner man? You got one. And he needs to be strong. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ needs to be your Lord and your Savior. Not just your Savior, but your Lord. He needs to be the one that's sitting on the throne of your heart. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints That is the width, the length, and depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. God's got a goal in mind that you be strong on the inside and that you be filled with his fullness. Strong on the inside and filled with his fullness. There's another verse I didn't, I don't know if you can do it right quick. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says we are to fight the good fight of faith, that we are to fight the good fight of faith. In order for you to fight the good fight of faith, the man on the inside is going to have to be strong. He's going to have to be able to stand up to whatever you face, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your circumstances are. The inside man has to be a strong man. And in order for you to do that, you're going to have to have faith. Now, just for a quick definition of faith, we're going to say that faith, a definition is that you are fully persuaded that you are confident, that you are assured, that, that you are just so confident and sure that when you put that parachute on, you jump out of the plane, that you are confident that it's going to open. Well, faith is similar to that. Faith is this, that you are fully persuaded that if I do what God asks me to do, I am fully persuaded if I do what God tells me to do, it will what? It'll work. And so in this world, what this world is all about is about distracting you from your, from your persuasion in God from you being fully persuaded, from you having confidence that God's word will work in you. That's what this world would do. That's what it wants to tell you that your God stuff don't work. It'll tell you that. People will tell you, oh, that's that God stuff. It doesn't work. But it does work. It's who we are in Christ. The Bible says that those that, that we must diligently, it is impossible to please God unless we have faith in that we diligently seek him and that he is a rewarder of those who do so. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he is and that he will? As Pastor Witness says, won't he do it? Won't he will? Won't he do it? Won't he will? 
Well, so that means that there's a fight of faith and that we know that we have a man on the inside that needs to be strong. You're not going to win unless your man on the inside is strong as he needs to be. I've heard preachers say that many of us as Christians and believers, we don't reach the level of spiritual authority and the spiritual maturity that's available to us during our whole lifetime because sometimes we ignore the inner man. We know he's there, but we have to feed him. We have to help him. We have to, he is who the real you is, all right? That the Bible talks about we are a triune being. There's a spirit, there's a soul, and there's a body. You live in a physical body. That's where you are. But there's an inside man who needs to control, who needs to be the governing factor of everything in your life. He needs to govern, not your emotions and your spirit and your will. They make the choice and not your body because your body will ask you for things and drive you to things and lust for things that you need to put a halt on. Amen? It'll do that. And so, but the inside man is the man who needs to be in control. But he can't be in control unless you give him the opportunity to be in control. You get to choose. You get to feed him. You get to help him. You get to allow him to be the one who is in control of your life. You're either spirit governed by the spirit or we're either governed by what? The flesh. And so we get to make that choice. And so I just want to challenge us today to take a moment, take some time, and slow down and feed the inside man. Because it takes time, it takes work, it takes focus in order to give him some opportunity, some time in order to to grow, to feed him with with what's necessary. And so we know that we're in a fight, right? How many know you're in a fight? How many ever been in a fight? How many ever got whooped? How many ever whooped somebody? Yeah, it felt good when you whooped them, didn't it? I know it did. It didn't feel so good when you got whipped. Well, I've been in some fights. And that's where we are today. We're, we're, in a fight whether, we're in a fight whether you want to or not. When you wake up in the morning, you're in a fight. Some of us, we fight everywhere. If you have had a guy or someone that you knew that just always fighting. At school, where's John? Who are we fighting today? Two weeks later, where's well, John? John got into it with Bob. Or whatever. So he's always fighting. Well, let me tell you something. You're, you're always fighting whether you know it or not. You're always in a fight. The Bible says that we are not, you know, the Bible says we're like an occupation force here in the devil's world. How many know that? We're like an occupation force. This is the devil's world. God owns it all, but we turn it over to the devil. We gave him the lease. Adam did that. And so now here we are. We're in the middle, and we are an occupation force. But this occupation force has power. This occupation force has strength. This occupation force is backed up by all the heavens in the heavens. We're backed up by God. And so we don't have to fear. Although there's fighting all around us, although there's difficulty. I mean, in this world where we live now, we hear on the news of all the stuff that's going on. Amen. But you don't have to fear. At work, where I work, I'm a security manager, and something happens, everyone's going, oh, oh. We get all the phone calls. What's happening outside? If a, if a fire truck drives down the street, I get the phone calls. If the police just stops by and says, hello, what's going on? I get the phone calls. Because there, well, there, there's people that are just in fear, worried, and, and trouble all the time about something happening. Uh, we can't live that way. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, did he? 
He did not. You don't have it. But anyway, we're always fighting. It reminds me when I was growing up, you know, we was always fighting. I didn't like, I didn't like to fight. I was a little fella. Uh, even when I graduated from high school, I only weighed 158 pounds. So you can imagine what I was like when, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12. You know, it wasn't, probably was about a buck, and that was about it, you know. Didn't really know. But anyway, we would, every summer, you know, I, I hope you haven't, I, maybe I've told this story before, but it, I love telling it. You know, you got some stories you love to tell, uh, you know, about your old life. But here's one I like to tell. Uh, when we were growing up, my mother and father, would they worked, and so they would take us to our grandmother's house. And we would stay there, you know, and run around in the country. and, and had, So you had your friends at grandmother's house, and you had your friends at home. Uh, and so, uh, you know, at grandmama's house, you know, I had a friend. Uh, his name was Rabbit. You know, his name was Rabbit. I had a friend. Uh, 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 that's about the only friend that I guess we, because he lived right next door. So we were pretty good buddies. Uh, and then we had some other families that stayed down the hill. They were the crutches. So you had the crutches down the hill. And that's on top of the hill. So we, sometimes we get together and we would play. But for some reason, the crutches didn't like us. And they would always want to take our bread, take our candy, or try to run roughshod over. They were older than us. They were a little older. They were like two to three years older than us. You know, I was probably like 10 or 12, and they were like 13, 14, you know, somewhere in that age. But, you know, we're all in the country, nobody else to play with. So what do you do? You play with whoever you can find to play with, right? So you play. Or you go and you fight whoever you can find to fight. So they would come up there, and they would mess with us, and they would take our stuff. And, and uh, so we would fight. But so one day I would determine, you ain't taking my stuff today. You know, on the inside, I determined I'm fighting. You know, normally we wouldn't fight. We might run because they could not run us. And there was a reason why they could not run us, because they were little people. The whole family was little people. I'm trying to say it, be a, you know, say it nice. You know, they were, we called them something else, but they were little people. But they were our friends, you know. And so we were always taller than they were because they were little people. All right, but they were older than us, so they had muscles. I could see that they had big muscles. These little people had muscles. I'm, I'm, you think, yeah, I'm serious. They had, and so they would come up, they'd pick a fight. So what do we do? we fight back. So sometimes it was like three of them and like two of us. So sometimes I would go get my older sister, Faye. And she would come out. It would be Faye and Rabbit and myself fighting the little people. We'd be on the ground, tussling, rolling in the dirt, fighting. I'm talking about fighting. I'm not I'm talking about scratching, biting, whatever you could do. And now it may look funny because I was we were taller than they were, but they were strong. And I did we didn't always win the fight. Those little people could fight. Fighting. But it was fighting. Every day it was a fight. So I want to tell you that you're always in a fight. And in order for you to win, you're gonna to have to determine on the inside that you're gonna win the fight. If not, you're probably going to lose the fight. We're fighting all the time. Now, Christians, we're in a fight. Let me share a couple of verses with you. Look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. And it says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we know that there's an evil, demonic, spiritual realm that we fight against. Amen? It's there. It's real. And it's, it opposes the plan and the program that God has for your life. Christians are also in a spiritual fight with the desires of the flesh. How many know your flesh won't likes ice cream? 
Uh, my family teases me because I always tell them that I overcame the ice cream demon. Because my flesh always wants ice cream. Now, I used to eat ice cream all the time. I mean, every day my mother, we ate it. I loved ice cream. Man, give me some ice cream. Uh, and so it took me a while to be able to control how much ice cream, ice cream that I ate. Now I eat that uh, low-calorie, low-carb ice cream. It tastes like cardboard. Helps me out, all right? So, so we know that the flesh, the Bible says that in, in, uh, in, uh, in this verse, it says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So what? You also, you, sometimes you're in a fight with the desires of the flesh. Are you not? Pastor Ray always says, every one of us know everything that we can do in order to lose weight, but yet we still have the weight. I'm a Pastor Ray words. <laughs> All right. So I've noticed he always gives that to us and tells us, if we would do everything that we know to do, uh, then we'd probably be a little healthier, a little lighter, or whatever the case may be. Not trying to pick on anyone, just pointing out that we have knowledge sometimes that we don't act upon, that we wish we would act upon. How many have a vision of what you ought to look like? Close your eyes and see. Close your eyes and see yourself. I mean, close your eyes and see that vision. See the vision of what you think you, or you know what? Whatever that vision is, you could look like that. It's possible. It's possible for you to look like that. But sometimes we just don't get there because we don't discipline ourselves to get there. We want to be there. How many of you want it bad? Man, man you want it bad. I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm determined to be. You know, I had one person in my family told me, Dad, if you get a six-pack, I'm going to take you to Three Forks. We made this bet. He in this room right now, the guy who made that bet with me. So I'm working hard on it. My goal is to, is to be 60-something. I am 60. 60-something, 60 sexy, and a six-pack. I'm working on it. I know what I have to do. The question is, will I do it? How bad do I want it? And so if you want your inner man to be the man that's stronger, you've got to want that man to be strong. I mean, the Bible says we're to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with everything that you have, we're to love God. We say we want to love God. Do you really want to love God? Because to love God is to obey. To love God is to sacrifice. To love God is to lay aside some things. I mean, do you? I mean, I want to love God. We say we want to love God, but to love God is a work. It's a strength. It's a discipline. Many of us, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't achieve what God wants us to achieve because we'll, it takes a, say this, tremendous. It takes a tremendous amount of discipline to achieve what God wants you to achieve. It does. It's not an easy thing. It's work. It's hard. It, I don't know about you, but I've had some hard days. I mean, but the, but the rewards are worth it. You know, the, number one, I got eternal life with Christ. When I close my eyes for the last time, death will have no power over this body, and I will be ever present with the Lord. I mean, so, it, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes. I mean, uh, uh, it's hard for kids. It's hard for parents. I mean, you have a kid, sometimes you just want to take him outside and strap him down and beat him as much as you can and just see if that will work because nothing else has worked. You've been nice. You took the phone. You took the TV. You took this. You took that. You spoke nice. I used to put mine on a chair. I had a little stool I put my kids on. 
I had a little stool like this right here. They get, I could get into about put them on that stool and make them sit there with no back on it. So you, then I start lecturing you. Eventually you're going to get tired. You can't hardly sit on that stool because you're tired. Amen. They say three hours, but it wasn't three hours. But I put them on that stool. I was trying everything I could. You know, just try to get it to work. And so you try. So sometimes it's tough. It's tough sometimes because you know that there are spiritual forces out there that are working and you don't want to allow fear to come against you. You know that it's tough sometimes because you know that your own flesh comes against you and desires. The Bible said that they are contrary one to another. But the Bible says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In order to do that, that inside man has got to be what? He's got to be strong every day from morning until night. He needs to be strong. And he's not going to be, how many, you, you, everyone here has already said they've lost the fight before. The fight we're talking about, though, are those spiritual fights. How many of you said something you wish you hadn't said? But the book of James tells us that, uh, that we are to be slow to speak, quick to listen. Give the Spirit of God, give the inner man, the strong man, the opportunity to speak before you speak. Proverbs says, study long before you release your words. Study before you. A wise man studies before he releases his words. Man, how, how many of us have released without studying? How many of us released and wish we hadn't said? How many have released and then you learned from it and the next time you made it? So let's say, have, have there been those times where you learn from an incident and then you were successful or victorious. Have you ever been successful when you because but then the next day you were right back where you were, you failed again. Donnie McClurgy says, We fall down, but we get up. Isn't that what he says? So you got to get back up, right? You got to get back up. You can't quit. Because what? You have to continue to work on the inside man to get him strong to where he can be the one that you listen to first. Because he is Right there with God, with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is speaking to him. He has an answer. He gives you the answer. It comes to your soul, and you say yes or you say no, and you make a decision. Guys, we, we, we need to grow up and get there. It's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for me. It's a tough thing for you. The other places, Christians are in the spiritual fight with the world. The Bible says in 1 John 2 and 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, is not of the Father, but of the world. Man, I got my new limo digging the scene with a gangster lean. Some of you, I may have been a little too far back for some of you. <laughs> digging the scene, you know, got your ride, you're digging the scene, you're the pride of life. I mean, I mean, you're on top of your game. You're looking good. You got your hair combed. You got your new jerry curl. Uh, you know, whatever it is you got. I mean, there's a pride like, I, I am this person. The world will take you there and drive you there and keep you there and think that's what it's all about. It's about who you are in this world. But it's not. It's about who you are on the inside. The inside victory will determine your outside victory. How many of you remember what... Let me, how many remember this from uh, a great boxer? Y'all know his name. Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier said this. He said, champions aren't made in the ring. They're merely recognized there. Let me just say this before I read the rest of it. Many of us think that we were designed to be mountain dwellers. You are not designed to be a mountain dweller. You're designed to go to the mountain, get the inspiration, 
Not that God will teach you something while you're on the mountain, but God will make you something while you're on the mountain. Because he wants to make you something in the mountain so that you can do what? Go down to the demon-possessed valley and prove your mettle. Mountaintop experiences are great. Hallelujah, God. And they're good. God speaks to you, inspires you. I mean, he, he encourages you. He motivates you. And you just want to what? Stay there. Oh, God, can I just stay here with you? Can I just stay here, God? Oh, I'm so inspired. I'm so motivated. I feel your presence. I feel your power. Oh, God Almighty. And God said, that's good. Now go back down to the valley. Because that's where we're made. The metal is made or tested is down in the valley. What good is a muscle if it can't be used? What good is it? You are an instrument of God's right, of righteousness, and he wants to use you. You know, and, and again, Joe Frazier says, champions are made in the ring. They are, are recognized in the ring. What you cheat on in the early light of morning will show up in the ring under the bright lights. Mm. The devil will find out whether or not your inner man has been fed. This world will find out if whether or not it will tell you whether or not you're feeding the inner man like you should. If you're building him up like you should, it, this world will let you know. Even church people will let you know. This morning, I put on my little suit. I, it's all I could find. I, I said, well, all I got is my little suit. So I put on my little suit. Man, I need to iron my shirt. Let me iron my shirt. My tie got a wrinkle in it. Oh, man, let me get that wrinkle out. Got the wrinkle out of my tie. I come to church, man. My brother said, ooh, look at him. Look like a lawyer from Fort Worth this morning. <laughs> Tell my people. I'll be waiting. I'm like, Lord, what happened? What happened, Jesus? You know, I'm giving my best to you this morning. I, I don't have a one nice little suit. I put on my little blue suit. Put on my little shoes. You know, I even wiped them off. Let me shine them up a little bit. Shine my shoes up a little. You know, iron my tie, my shirt. And they said, look at him. <laughs> look at him with that towel. Look at him with that suit. Ooh, man. One guy said, ooh, let me, ooh I can't shake your hand. You might cut me. You so sharp. So no matter where you go or what you do, somebody going to talk about you. Even when you try to do your very best, you're going to deal with opposition. But I thank God my inside man was strong. I had fed him. I didn't, I didn't say anything back. I just said, <laughs> I just laughed and like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't say anything, you know. I kept my mouth shut because I, I could have said something. Think about it. I, I had something I could have said, but if my brother's in the Lord, my inside man was strong, and I kept my mouth shut. I studied before I released my words. And the words that I studied, I was told, don't say them. <laughs> Amen. All right, so what's my whole point? The inside man's got to be ready all the time. You got to be ready all the time. When you wake up in the morning, you got to start getting ready. In the middle of the day, you got to spend some time and, and make sure that he's strong. He has to be fed. You've got, you're, you're not going to win. Husbands and wives, you know this more than anybody else because that's the best testing ground of the inside man. 
is in relationships. Husbands and wives, husbands and, and, and sons, and moms and sons and daughters, and daughters with, with, with parents. I mean, that's where you can, you, can, you can actually go out and you can wake up and say, today I'm going to test my inside man. I'm going to start the day and say, okay, God, let me spend some time with you in prayer. Let me read some scripture. Let me do a devotion. Let me get my inside man stretched out. Before you exercise, one of the things you do is you warm up, right? You stretch, right? So when you get up in the morning, warm him, warm him up. Warm your inside man up. Stretch him out a little bit. Get him ready because you know he will be tested that day. All right? And so we know that we're, there's three fronts that we got to deal with. There's a t- satanic front. We know that there's a, a flesh front. And we know that there's a world front that we're going to have to deal with every day. The Bible says this. One, one familiar scripture that we're all very familiar with, most of us. God has given us a spiritual weapons to help us fight. Now, we're going to read through this. I may not read through all of them, but I, you know what we want. We'll just read the first part. The Bible says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, the verse goes on to talk about what? The armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the helmet, shield of faith, with which, is, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Now, we love those. How many like that spiritual armor? I think sometimes we're so quick to get down to the spiritual armor that we forget the first weapon. What's the first weapon? My brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Who's the first weapon? You. You are the first weapon. The Bible says what? Be strong in the Lord and the heart. You need to be strong what? In the Lord and the power of his might. You've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to put on the helmet. You've got to believe that God has it ready for you, and you've got to, and you've got to work those things. But it's you. You've got to have a strong inside man. How many ever been uh, in the Army? We used to carry rucksacks. And sometimes those packs were so heavy it was difficult. But in order to carry, you had to be strong. In order for you to do what God wants you to do, in order for you to even use the weapons that God has given you to use, you've got to be strong first. You need to be strong. You need to be strong. You need to be strong in who? In his power, in the power of his might. So you're not going to do it in your own strength. You're going to do it in his might. You are a weapon. Your inner man is a weapon, and if he's strong like he should be, he will help you to overcome every front that you deal with, whether it be a satanic front, whether it be the flesh front, or whether it be the world front, you will be able to what? Because you'll be able to what? To pull out your sword or the spirit. You'll be able to do just those things. Now, here's something that I like. 
As a matter of fact, I want you to do this. Put on my put on uh, where it says uh, prayer strengthens the inner man. Let's pray this prayer. Let's strengthen our inner man right now. Let's pray that our inner man be strengthened right now. It's okay to pray at church. Y'all know that. It's okay. We can pray. Let's pray. Let's pray it together. My Father in heaven and of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, I ask that you grant me, according to your riches of your glory, that you would strengthen me with might through your spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, that I might be rooted and grounded in love, and that I may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and death and height, that I may know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, and that I may be filled with all your fullness. Now, what will happen if you think you pray that every day when you get up? What will happen if you stretch your inside man with this every morning? Asking God to fill him with the presence of Christ. How many know that we're not just, and it's not just talking about you fighting. It's talking about you being a fighter and a lover. Look at someone say, I'm a fighter and a lover. That's right. You know, you know think about it. You know, we always, you know, the, the people say, oh, no, man, I'm not fighting. I'm just a lover. I'm not a fighter. But in this kingdom, you are a fighter and a lover. You love God's people. You love God. You show the love of Christ wherever you go. And so we're fighters and we're lovers here in the kingdom of God. Here's how you strengthen your inside men. Here's how you strengthen him. You strengthen him, first of all, by prayer. Jesus prayed. Just run through these verses real quick. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. What's he doing? Now, how many know that Jesus emptied himself of his divine authority and he came here and he lived as a man? He walked the earth as a man to demonstrate to us, to be an example for us of how we can walk here in the earth. And one of the things, one of the habits that he had, it says rising up a great while before day. But I want to encourage you to pray first. As soon as your feet hit the ground, get into a habit of saying, of calling on God when your feet hit the ground. You got time. You got time before you brush your teeth. You got time. You have it. Say, I got it. You have time to give God a moment to begin to stretch out the inner man, the innermost part of you. You've got time to do it when you first wake up. You say, well, I don't have time. I got to go to work. And some of us, we get to work. We got it timed out just right. I got mine timed just right. I know how long it takes for me to get in my car, how long it takes for me to drive to the train station. I even know how long it takes for me to walk from my car to the train. I know how many minutes it takes. And then when I get on the train, then about two minutes later, the train goes, this train will depart in one minute. I'm already on, but I've got it timed out that way. So you, what do you need to do? You need to put what? God first in the morning. Put him first in the morning when you rise up. Jesus did. Jesus put God first. He put prayer first. Now, you don't have to, I don't know what time you want to get up, but I'm telling you, whenever you get up, if you have to add a few minutes, add some time to it and give God the opportunity to begin your day. Begin strengthening the inner man at the beginning of the day. And the Bible says in the next verse, and he, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to do what? To pray. When he sent the multitudes away. So he had been ministering that day 
And while he had been ministering, he said, I'm going to send you guys away, and I'm going to take a little some time to pray. So he was praying maybe in the middle of the day, in the afternoon, in the mid-morning. Whenever it was, he was still praying. He was feeding, strengthening the innermost man that he has. And so and that's the same thing that we have. That we have to strengthen that man all day long. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness, wilderness and prayed, Luke 5 and 16, saying this. Here's one verse that I love, one prayer that Jesus prayed. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was on the cross. Man, sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to have to pray in a tough situation. God Almighty. Jesus on the cross. He said, God, is, this, is there any way, can we let this cup, is there some other way we can handle this business? But the innermost man was the one who won. He said, not my will, but your will be done. Do you hear me? God's will is what needs to be done in your life. And so we see that as an example of the Lord Jesus Christ being the one who demonstrates to us what it takes in order to feed the inside man. Jesus also taught that we should pray. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Of course, this is where he gives the Lord's Prayer, what we call. All right, but they, they recognized, they saw the power. They saw the life of Christ. They saw how he cast out demons. They saw how he ministered to the multitudes. And they said, they couldn't figure out what, they said, you know what, it's got to be that prayer that he's doing. And so this is something that we can do. And so they asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. If you don't know how to, if you're having struggles with praying, you know, just, just ask God to help you. If not, pray the prayer that we just prayed today in church. Go to those verses in, in, in Ephesians, the third chapter, and put yourself where it says, you put you, put me. God, I ask you to bless me, to help me, to strengthen me. Verse Matthew 6 and 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. How many of you believe that? You know, I just, you know, now you can pray anywhere, anytime for anything. Amen. Pray in your car. Pray at your job. I mean, pray anywhere. I mean, that, that prayer has no bounds. But I don't believe you're going to get to where you need to be unless you spend some secret time with God in prayer. Many of us are familiar with Psalms 91. It says, he who what? Dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide in the what? The shadow of the Almighty. You don't have to worry about God's shadow. All you got to do is do the abiding. Do the dwelling. You know what dwell means? It means to camp out. Dwell means to camp Make you a campfire. Go get you some wood. Get your fire. If it's dark, whatever the case is, you get everything that you need. Get you some MREs. Get you some ramium noodles. Whatever you, whatever it is that you need to do a camp out with God. Get your Bible. Get your devotion. Whatever's necessary. You get it, and you get into that secret place with God. Sometimes you're not going to win. You're not going to win unless you can operate out of the secret place. That's where the inside man operates. He operates out of the secret place. There is a spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation there, and so thereby he's able to what to control the scene. But he can't operate if you don't feed him. And the only way you can feed him is you got to spend time with God in prayer. 
That's what feeds him. That's what feeds him. If you're not winning, maybe you're losing battles here, losing battles there. You know, maybe you ask yourself, am I spending enough time feeding my inside man that he might have the dominance in my life? That he can be the one that when he says something that I listen and I choose that direction for my life. So it's important for us, truly important for us, that we spend time with the Lord in prayer. Now, here's what I like. Ask and it will be given you. Ask God to strengthen your inner man. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Do you really believe prayer works? I mean, come on. Let me share a story with you. There was a small town that had historically been dry, you know, no alcohol in the city. But then a local businessman decided he was going to build a tavern. Small group of Christians from a local church were concerned and planned an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to intervene. Oh, Lord, we don't want it here. Please, oh, Lord, here we are. It just so happened that shortly thereafter, the lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. Hallelujah, they said. They prayed and they stopped it. The owner of the bar sued the church, hired a lawyer, and argued in court that they were responsible. Those Christians and their prayer were responsible for burning down my tavern. The presiding judge, after his initial review of the case, stated this. I don't know how this case is going to come out. But one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer, but the Christians do not. Do you believe your prayer going to work? And when it works, are you going to hire your lawyer and say, oh, Lord? You get the point. You got to believe that when you call on God's name and when you ask, you're going to receive. When you seek, you're going to find. When you knock, the door is going to be open and God's going to give you what you ask for according to his will. But one of the things is this. We're always asking God for things. And one of the things that we need to ask God for more than anything else is to ask him to help us to live the life of Christ likeness. And in order to do that, you're going to have to have the inner man strong. Ask God to fill you with the fullness of himself. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it talks about God said he, the Bible says Jesus ascended, but he gave gifts unto men. You know why he gave those gifts unto men? That they will come into the full measure and the statue of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of apostles and pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets and so forth, that they would equip the body of Christ to become who they needed to be. And so when you walk in the darkness, the darkness shouldn't, you shouldn't be afraid of the darkness, but the darkness ought to say what? Here comes some light. And where there is light, the darkness cannot stand. So we are the light in the darkness. And so we shouldn't be afraid of the dark. Are you afraid of the dark? No. Not afraid of the demonic forces in this world. Not afraid that this flesh is going to overcome you. Not afraid of the world that we live in. Because the Bible says that we have a strong man on the inside. And in order for him to be as strong as he needs to be, we're going to have to pray and feed that strong man. One last thing that I want to share with you that we do to feed the strong man. Let, let me share a couple of examples. How many of you remember Daniel? Let's share something that we're familiar with. Daniel in the lion's den. 
The Bible says in the book of Daniel that Daniel had the most excellent spirit. That's how the Bible describes Daniel. He had a most excellent spirit. How many know that Daniel had a habit of feeding the innermost man of his body? Who did he, the Bible says he prayed what? Three times a day. I used to ask myself, why, Daniel, why you got to do all that praying, man? But now as I've lived life, I understand now that if I don't get up in the morning and get that inside man ready to go, that I have the, that, that, that means that there's a possibility I may get whipped. In the middle of the day, I better remind myself I've got a strong man on the inside that can help me. At the end of the day, when you come home and you don't want to talk and your wife wants to talk about talk for the next 15, 20, 30 minutes. Come on, brother, say amen. I mean, you got to listen. You got to listen. I mean, you've talked all your stuff all day. I mean, you've been beating up people all day. All right, so now you're tired of beating up people. You just want to come home and go, oh. Oh, let me tell you what happened. So and 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 so. And then so and so and so and so and so and so and so. Oh, and you're like, oh God, help me. Why? Because you do have a husband responsibility. You got the responsibility. One preacher said, when the man goes to bed, he ought to be just totally whipped and tired, because it don't end when you get home. It's just another part of the day. Amen. Amen. All right. But in in any event, what was I saying? All right. So. So Daniel prayed three times a day, and the Bible says that. The Bible also said that David said this, evening, noon, and early in the morning will I seek you. That's what David, we all like to, to read the Psalms that David, that David read, that David wrote, and we get inspired by them. All right? We are. But the Bible says he, was, he sought God three times a day, at least. Daniel sought the Lord three times a day. We saw whereby Jesus started out early in the morning seeking God, building up his inner man so that he could live. Last thing I want to say is this. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you studying your word, reading your word, staying in your word, and praying, Finding that secret time, that secret place, and pray will help strengthen your inner man. Because if the inner man is strong where he needs to be, you'll make the right choice. We are lovers and we are fighters. And we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads. Stand with me. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We bless your name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text City Church TV and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.